Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cardboard Herald, my chance to talk with creative gamers and game creators. And joining me today to talk about the upcoming Block by Block Uprising are co-designers T.L. Simons and Greg Loring Albright. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having us. Yeah, so this is an interesting development that I was just talking to you before the interview kicked off here about in that this was originally announced as a Kickstarter title that you were going to go for crowdfunding and you're still doing crowdfunding, but you're now launching February 15th on GameFound. So what's the story here? Why the transition? What's the shift? And tell me about uh, like what we can expect. Well, it, you know, as, as some of your listeners probably know, you know, in mid-December, Kickstarter announced in a very strange kind of PR speak announcement uh, that didn't really give any solid details that they they were transitioning the entire crowdfunding, the entire Kickstarter crowdfunding platform over to uh, blockchain um, and sort of becoming part of this crypto world. And they gave some vague uh, reasoning in terms of how it was going to help creators, blah, blah, blah. But none of it really added up. And to this day, you know, we're recording this in mid-January. There's still no real details on what that means, why that decision was made. Um, and and people were rightfully upset about that. And uh, both for, I think, for reasons in terms of environmental concerns around the impact, the intense, wasteful impact of blockchain technologies and, and crypto in general. And that, you know, why should, why should this platform for, you know, uh, allowing indie publishers like ourselves to be able to put out games on, you know, put out all kinds of projects using crowdfunding. Why, why should that, why does that need to be connected with this, um, and with this understandably this, or this, uh, you know, the technology that people are understandably upset with on an environmental level, but also that it's a financial speculative level in terms of the entire crypto economy. You could think of it almost as like a, a gigantic mid-level marketing, uh, scam, um, in some ways. And, so when we when we heard that and we saw people kind of upset about it online, we we thought, you know, we're not. We've put out, Out of Order Games has put out two previous editions of Block by Block using Kickstarter, and that's worked well. And it's been, we wouldn't have been able to do it without that platform, without crowdfunding in general. But now there's other options out there, and GameFound is a really exciting one. So when we saw that this that Kickstarter was making this move and that. Um, a lot of the people that we respect on, you know, in board game Twitter and elsewhere, were really trying, you know, calling Kickstarter to account. What are you doing? Why is this happening? Why is this important? Um, and Kickstarter has no response to that. We said we're going to make a move right now. We're going to we want to hold Kickstarter accountable by bringing our crowd and our project to a different platform. And luckily, uh, you know, GameFound is super viable. It's in a sort of late beta stage right now. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, in terms of it's a platform that was built specifically for uh, backing tabletop games. So it's actually a lot better in terms of the interface. It's a, there's a built-in backer kit or a built-in uh, uh, pledge manager. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things that are great about it, but it's newer. It's a, it's a bit of a risk for us, but, you know, Block by Block is a political game, as you know. And um, there's different ways that we've tried to, uh, you know, embed those kind of politics in the process of making the game, whether it's we've all, you know we've always released uh, free print and play files of every edition. We're going to do that with this 
with Block by Block Uprising, this third edition, we've always manufactured and printed in the United States. Um, and now we're also adding on to that that we're going to, you know, we're going to take part in this. It's not a there's no full on boycott of Kickstarter by any means right now. And uh, that there's a lot of complications with doing that. But, you know, we're going to try to make a stand here. And I think for everyone, for all creators, it benefits us to make sure that, you know, Kickstarter knows that they're not the only game in town, that we could take our our projects, our money, our backers elsewhere. And so that's what we're doing with GameFound. And we're pretty excited about it. So February 15th. You know, when GameFound first launched as a crowdfunding platform, I know the company uh, had, had existed in advance of that doing some of the backer kit stuff. But, you know, when they actually came out and said, we're going to be our own independent platform parallel to Kickstarter, entirely focused on tabletop games by gamers, for gamers, et cetera, et cetera. I had Carla Kopp from Weird Giraffe Games come on and just kind of talk about like, what would be some of the advantages or disadvantages of using one versus the other? And what are the people who are immersed in the, the, the industry side of tabletop games, uh, you know, perspectives on this. And one of the biggest hindrances at the time, and this is months ago, and especially before uh, there was this potential ethical uh, concern associated with Kickstarter um is that Kickstarter has an existing user base, which just is something that cannot be denied because it's been around for so long. There are people who may have never heard of Block by Block or any other game who just happen to browse Kickstarter for any new game whatsoever. Like, what's the potential concern of loss of, you know, that... that that traffic that just kind of discovers you through the platform itself and, like aside from coming on to podcasts such as my own, <laughs> what are some of the techniques that you're using in order to spread the word and maybe counteract some of that loss of uh, eyeballs on the project? Well, in some ways, I'd say, let's check in about this in a month and a half after the campaign. I'll give you the full rundown of, <laughs> of, what, was, of what actually worked and what didn't. You know, um, I think in some ways, there's just going to be an inevitable um, hit that we're going to take by jumping over there. There is, there is some of that that traffic you're talking about that just exists within Kickstarter. Um, there's also just this additional hurdle that we're making people do because most people don't have accounts with GameFound yet. Um, so in order to, you know, in in, we're saying we're, we're asking people come check out our page. If you think this is a cool project, please back it. But but a lot of people already have a Kickstarter account. It's a, it's a you know uh, quite a bit shorter process for them to back a Kickstarter project than to set up a new account with GameFound and then back block by block. So there's going to be some attrition because of that. Um, in terms of what we're doing to counter that, I mean, honestly, like you said right at the top of your question, like we're coming on to shows like this. We are um, doing as much outreach as possible. We're working with Brennan Noonan at Quillsilver, um, who's wonderful in terms of an expert in terms of crowdfunding and marketing tabletop games. And that's been super helpful and insightful in terms of how to get this out there um we're just doing we're doing everything we've always done luckily i think with block by block we have a pretty dedicated audience and a pretty dedicated group of players who have been with this game because this is now the third edition the first edition came out in 2016 so over that time we've we got a lot of traction we have a pretty large email list um so i think my sense is that we'll be able to bring our own crowd um, the, you know, the vast majority of people who would back this game will back it wherever it is. Um, and 
the cool thing about this moment is that because Kickstarter, I would say, made a blunder with this, right, you right, know, right. With this announcement, you have actually kind of an influx of games over to uh, GameFound. So I think that actually it's, you know, this is a good time to launch on GameFound because people are looking to GameFound. There's more projects there. Um, so I think it's it's in flux as you know and we're part of that flux so hopefully this is part of pushing making this a really viable platform and you know what if we don't get as high of um you know i mean crossing our fingers the campaign is successful um i think that that almost certainly is the case i don't want to count our eggs before they hatch or whatever but um <laughs> but even if we take a bit of a hit because of this i still think it's worth it um, you know, it's like in other ways, Block by Block's always been about pushing the pushing the envelope a little bit, opening up sort of what what kinds of topics, what kinds of um, politics uh, tabletop games can explore. And I see this as a small another small contribution to that, and it's okay if it means that yeah that we maybe take a small hit. But I I think our backers are pretty excited about it. Um, my sense is that people are supportive of this, so. Yeah, I think GameFound is probably like, hallelujah. I mean, of <laughs> course, they're probably not happy that, you know, there, there's more reliance on the blockchain in the world. But nonetheless, this is probably going to be a huge boon. And I think if nothing else, this could be the driving point in which we see at, at least those who are wanting to comport themselves with a degree of integrity or just, you know, shelter themselves from some of the mystery associated with like why Kickstarter is doing this. They're switching to this new platform and that that's just going to build that installed user base. So let's talk about the game itself. I mean, as you said, this is the third edition of the game. Uprising is here. And I know that TL, you, as out-of-order games, have you know delivered the first two editions of this game. When did Greg come into the picture? Like, what's the story for this new third edition? And why would people want to get a third edition rather than just making more of the second edition? Yeah, I've, I've been a fan of Block by Block since the first edition. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, I went to PAX Unplugged, I think it was 2019, maybe 2018, 2018, and, 2018. And TL was doing a demo of the second edition and, and I saw it and, you know, put it on my calendar of like, this is one thing I'm definitely going to do at PAX. So, uh, that's where we met in person. Uh, we had corresponded uh, via email about some research stuff I was doing that I, I ended up, I didn't end up going anywhere with it, but we had a great conversation about block by block via email. So we were sort of acquainted beforehand. Greg, uh, and, just to throw uh, it out, Greg, Greg is an as an academic who studies games, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My PhD dissertation is on tabletop games and their digital adaptations. Um, so I'm always like approaching games from from multiple angles. And so that's how I first got to know TL. I was like, oh, block by block super interesting, doing things in the board game space that are not very common. Um, and, and I loved it. I had played the first edition and I backed for the upgrade kit for the second edition. And so uh, to get to meet in person and hang out and just like play a little demo block by block, second edition was great. Um, and then after, after that con, uh, due to other things going on, TL moved to Philly. And so we ended up being a part of the same uh, playtesting and game development group. Um, and so when the time came to start thinking about you know, second edition was sold out. TL wanted to, to put together a project to get the game back on the shelves. And we initially started talking about uh, co-designing an expansion. And one thing led to another, and that became Block by Block Uprising. Yeah, and, and we, yeah, like Greg says, we really, we approached this initially as we thought we were going to reprint the second edition. 
and then add an expansion on top of it. Um, the, the, the maelstrom of 2020 and all of its <laughs> various manifestations definitely like in some ways delayed that process, but all also kind of allowed it to incubate longer. And so many things happened during that time, you know, things that are directly relevant to the game. You know, it's a game about, uh, you know, it's, it's was originally conceived in 2010 inspired by the various types of protest movements and popular uprisings at that time. And then each, you know, each round of work on it, the, the first edition of 2016, second edition of 2018, has been inspired by like a succession, like a successive wave of these revolts and struggles. And of course, 2020 was one that right here in the United States, we saw on an unprecedented level. Um, and so I think there's a way that we we took, it wasn't just what was going on out, in the, out there in the world, it was also our own internal process, but we, but we sort of folded back in everything that was going on around us back into this these ideas that we had had been had been percolating, um, and we could get more into the specifics of what what changed. But we but yeah we started with this idea of a expansion pack. But then given how our lives changed, how the world changed, how our design process changed over the course of 2020 and into 2021, we realized we're not actually putting out an expansion pack. We're revisiting the core, uh, the core game, and really trying to execute what I think we both call the, the definitive edition of Block by Block. We're not interested in putting out, well, I could say at least for myself, I'm not interested in putting out a fourth edition of Block by Block. I want this to be the final core game. Um, maybe we can spin off some some actual expansions after this, but for now, we're, we really, yeah, that's the, we really we wanted to get it back out there, get it back in circulation, but um, through this long process, we've realized that there's a lot of cool changes and pretty uh, foundational uh, modifications and improvements that we've made to, to the gaming system, as well as just sort of expanding the scope. So, well, I do want to talk about some of those real world events and, you know, where we're at now, as opposed to where we were when the game was originally conceived. But as far as the, the expansion evolving into this third edition, what were some of the ambitions for this like third edition? Like, what inherently makes it a, a a worthy new game that someone's going to want to get, other than just you know it's the currently available edition of block by block? Like, is it more accessible? Did you think more about the strategy involved? Did you want to make it more tactical? Like, what are some of the 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 line items that you were trying to hit? Yeah, totally. Uh, there's there's a lot to talk about, and I'll try and give an overview without getting too deep in the weeds because some of these changes don't make a lot of sense if you haven't played second edition before. Um, but the first thing I'll say at the top is that uh, every new edition, so I guess these two, second and third uprising, uh, launch with an upgrade kit. So when I, you know, I backed for first edition the first time it was out, and then when second edition launched, I didn't have to rebuy the whole second edition. I could buy an inexpensive, I think it was like twelve or fifteen dollar piece pack um, that that would you know let me upgrade my first edition kit to a second edition kit, and we're doing something exactly along those lines for third edition for Uprising as well. Um, so yeah, so yeah. anyone with any with either first or second edition uh, will be able to get yeah a low cost upgrade kit to be able to play the full upright with full Uprising components and rules. Totally. Um, I forget what I was saying. Oh, yeah, the, the changes. I think t the biggest change 
maybe maybe not the biggest change a big change was focusing refocusing the game's end game goals uh we wanted to think about liberation which is a thing that was present in all the games but we really wanted to centralize it and so in in first edition you had to build occupations in all of the state districts on the board there are four districts that are controlled by the state and they start with a lot of police in them and so they're these really hard places to get into and then in second edition uh there were a couple different goals that you got on a card but they all sort of centered around occupying your own color districts there's four player colors and and for this third one uh, we decided to to make it not just about building an occupation somewhere, but actually about liberating that district. District, excuse me. So um, the you'll build these liberated zones. We've changed some of the rules about how liberation works, and so you'll have areas of of flipped over tiles. The game is played on a five by five grid, and you'll flip these tiles and make these adjacent zones of liberation. Um, and and that's the new goal. And we've We've made the goals a little more flexible. So there's a deck of goal cards that are called the conditions cards. You start with one face up, but you have to draw more. Every player has to do one. And so you'll have to draw more as the game goes on. And that will give you a sort of sense of your strategic path to victory. Um, and it, it really changed the game. We had to rework the whole police AI because uh, they weren't able to respond to this new way of playing block by block. So that's one of the big things that for me sets it apart as like, this is a different game. It's not just a tweak. To the core systems, although a lot of the core systems are still intact. And yeah, and, and and like Greg said, like we really that's the kind of guiding principle that has taken us all the way from the working on you know a rough draft of a um, or rough prototype of a expansion back in 2020, all the way up through our more um, intensive design work in 20, this past year in 2021 was always this idea of like yeah, like players should be uh should be the goal of the game should be building and defending liberated zones in the city and and as you expand those liberated zones and build barricades to defend them and push the police out of your liberated zones that's like that's that's both mechan you know mechanic on the board but also in terms of just thematically that's how you win the game that's that's how uh the players advance uh their specific uprising that they're playing you know around the table in that specific setting um and you know for us i think we really wanted to you know block by block is a it's like a tactical it's a game of like street tactics there's a lot of yeah like um clashes with police so there's like there's like little melees there's the building barricades occupying buildings it's, it's a lot of it takes place in kind of a street level tactical um situation and in some ways it's almost like a kind of war game in some ways i mean it's most most people play it fully co-op you can also play semi-co-op but it's almost like a co-op war game where all players are sort of playing against this adversary which is you know played by which is played by the game by sort of like a cardboard ai deck of cards um and that's that's the police um and it, so in some ways it's a game about physical conflict like uh you know it's about you know you've got to push the police out you use molotov cocktails things like that um but we really wanted to also focus on how in some ways you know you can it might be sort of less spectacular but in terms of these struggles in 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 the real world the most important thing or sometimes the determining factor um in terms of their success is like it's more about the positive side of their project what are they creating what are they building what um what kinds of new social relationships are coming out of those struggles and and for us this idea of liberation in the game is really the way to sort of uh, represent that. So if anything, the game sort of pushes, it, it takes a little bit, um, 
it takes a little bit of a different, it, it, it doubles down on the core ideas of block by block, but it almost like takes them a little bit farther where it's not just like the one night or one week clashes with police in the street. It's also block by block uprising, this latest edition. It's also about like building something or at least the, the, the beginnings of like, what would, what is this alternative liberated city look like? What do you do after you've, um, pushed out an oppressive government? How, what do you do afterwards? And so we've also incorporated new mechanics like mutual aid networks. This is a new thing. There's a different way that you can sort of generate resources and block by and block by block uprising. It's more, it's, uh, it's, I won't get too deep into the specifics of mechanics, but there's this new idea and there's these, there's these mutual aid centers and you can share sort of the resources with other mutual aid centers. It's a really interesting mechanic, but it's all part of this sort of, uh, matching the kind of street fighting, street clashing side of the game, which is still 100% there, but matching that with also this sort of like this positive, constructive side of a revolutionary project. Um, and so that's that's kind of been something that's guided us through this entire process. But there's so many things also in the game that are new. I mean, we've, 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 we've overhauled the action system. So it's like there's we've we've basically streamlined it and made it so that players can we both streamlined it and also made it more much more strategic there's deeper strategy but there's actually sort of less friction involved in how you take actions in the game versus previous editions and one of the really cool things about that is it allows players to uh basically create more complex and interesting combos and chains of actions that you could never do previously and it just allows for a much deeper level of strategy actually so it's still mostly like a tactical like each action is very tactical but there's like a longer term sort of a longer a longer term type of strategizing that players have to engage in now in order to win the game whereas before it was a little bit more reactive but i mean there's so many other things i mean we've um yeah, there's meetings now, which is a new thing. You can have meetings in the uprising, which is, you know, something <laughs> that that previously was not a part of the game. But again, it's like a very kind of interesting, realistic uh, addition. This is how you sort of increase those condition, the, the, the possible conditions cards that Greg was talking about, the different ways you win the game. If one of them's not working, you can have a meeting and see if you can come up with another option for winning the game. Um, and Just what you want in your board games, more meetings. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, um, and yeah, I don't know. We've changed sort of like, um, all, yeah, the way the police operate, we've added in some new decks of cards. There's now like a kind of choose your own adventure system with like multiple options. Every time you liberate a district in the city, you get this, like you pull this card out from under, under the district tile. And it gives you this, like sets the stage of this little mini story that then gives you multiple options. So there's a lot of new content and new, new stuff going on, but the overarching sort of narrative is this one of liberate the city and what does that what does that mean how do we represent that in in gameplay and that's that's been our guiding sort of yeah the axiom that's guided us through this i i love how you put that to reduce the mechanical friction in the game but i i don't know Here, here's one of the things with the the game that i most want to talk to you guys about and that's that when I think about this game conceptually from the theme itself to how it's presented, the, I pick up on some like zine culture vibes to it. And I've been a, a musician for most of my life. I've been involved in punk rock communities and underground comics, that kind of stuff. And so that all, that all speaks to me. And five years ago, 
this sort of fight the man, fight the power, unity, grassroots movement theme uh, would, would make complete sense to me where this is coming from. But here now in 2022, the revolutionary language that's used in, in this country, uh, at least, has become so muddied. And when you say liberation, someone could just as easily say, well, that's insurrection. And when we talk about insurrection that's actually happening in our country or has happened recently, well, from the point of view of the Oath Keepers or, you know, someone else, they'd say, no, we're liberators. We are the grass mo grassroots movement that's trying to rise up and fight the oppressive government. And I, I got to imagine that the, the turmoil that's in our country right now has got to make for a really interesting project. Like, what do you anticipate as some of the reaction to this launching and the eventual release of this game as opposed to when previous versions were released? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, of of the moment. I mean, it's also of the past moment, right? I'll, I'll sort of take the words out of TL's mouth a little bit because I was not involved with the project back then, but movements like Occupy, Movement of the Squares, Arab Spring, all that stuff was foundational to Block by Block. Um, but but that stuff is still happening now. And I think, you know, the, the January 6th comparison, I think it is an, an obvious one. But the thing that I think was more inspirational to us was the George Floyd protests, uprising, rebellion, which was much broader and, and much more connected I think to to this kind of spirit. I'm going to say a phrase that I feel like I never say: the spirit of the nation. Like that was a much more popular, broad social uprising. Um, yeah, that's that, that's what I'll start with. I'll I'll let TL take over for a little bit. Yeah, and and that's you know if there's something that is the connected to the lineage of like of those movements that Greg pointed to, um, that that initially inspired this game. And I think continue to make this game irrelevant. Yeah, again, it's it's the nationwide uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery uh, rebellion in May, June, and even after that in 2020. Um, and I think so. In terms of your question, in terms of how will this game be perceived in 2022 versus how it was in the past, I think it's a very interesting question. Obviously, one that that I've thought about quite a bit. And you know, I think. You're right. Like the like January sixth has changed what the word insurrection means. I've never heard that word thrown about so often on television, right, on the right. radio. Like it's now a, it's now common. It's part of our common language. And depending on how you define that, you know, because okay. So just to step back, in 2010 when we first started making block by block, at the time we didn't have the name block by block. This was like a group of friends just kind of brainstorming. We were looking at, this was even before Occupy. This is looking, we were looking at a whole other bunch of movements in 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009. Um, we, ch we chose the name, the insurrection game. That's what we started calling this game back in 2010. I think for us, what that word meant in 2010 is pretty different from how people are using it today to describe what happened on January 6th. January 6th has this element of a coup d'etat it almost has the element of a kind of paramilitary insurgency. Those things go very much against the kind of participatory, popular, potentially destructive, but also very celebratory and diverse kind of movements that 
that inspired block by block. So, you know, on some level, this is a semantic question, I think, you know, because there's nothing new in this country about right-wing paramilitaries or white supremacist paramilitary groups um, exerting their power sometimes outside the law, you know, to reinforce, um, you know, the existing sort of racial order in the United States, existing patriarch order. That's that's part of our history. We, we, can, we can go back and look at the KKK and various other manifestations of this. There's nothing new about this kind of like right-wing, quote-unquote, social movements. Um, but definitely seeing, you know, what happened on January 6th, that changes the conversation. And, you know, to be honest, like in some ways, one of the reasons we chose the name Block by Block Uprising for this third edition, um, we're still saying that this is the third edition of the Insurrection Game. That's always been sort of the project title back all the way back from 2010. But we kind of wanted to decenter that word. You know, I'm not... I'm not stuck on this concept of insurrection. And if there's something that we really want to identify the project with, it's it's the George Floyd uprising, um, which is, I think, a, a lot of it's a lot of how people have referred to it. And and the thing that I would say in terms of a difference in people's um, and how people have received this game so far, I'm sure we'll get some trolls, right? Everyone, it's probably a good sign. If we don't get a few trolls, a few people who are <laughs> I'll, I'll be upset at the game. Um, has, <laughs> it's not doing its job. job. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, but the thing I was going to say is that actually, if anything, more people have now participated in these kinds of in this kind of organizing, in these kinds of street protests, in these kinds of riots. Not I'm not talking about January 6th. I'm talking about the ones that happened in everyone's hometowns. You know, that happened in all, every major city simultaneously in late May and early June. So I've actually found that there's just a lot more people who have context to understand a game like this now. Um, and and that that's actually a bigger, that's actually a larger change than I think specifically this question around what happened on January 6th and necessarily how does, does that change how people perceive this game? It might on some level, but I actually think more than that, there's just a lot more people who who get it now in some ways in terms of what this game, what this game has always been about. And, and, you know, it's in some ways block by block is more relevant than ever, even though it's still the same core ideas from 2010. It's like seeing what's happened in the past couple of years. It's like, that's one of the reasons we've also felt like we should put it out again because it, you know, it continues to speak to the events that are going on um, that are shaping our world. And, and just the last thing I'll say about that is just that even if people feel somewhat uncomfortable with the politics of the game, you know, there's, first of all, it's a game. We very much want it to be a game that stands on its own as a game. We hope people, you know, just like I don't feel great about settling um, Catan, being a, a colonial settler in Catan. <laughs> yeah. I still enjoy playing that game occasionally. Um, you know, we hope people can sort of, you know, take that leap of make-believe and, and, and enjoy the role-playing just like we do with all games. Um, but equally... Um, Oh, shoot. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but yeah, that, I'll, I'll that, say something, yeah, I'll say something that, that your, yeah. your words inspire me, which is like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how much games can persuade or change people's minds. This is a thing that I think about sort of as part of my degree process is like a big active question in game studies. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've played block by block with plenty of people who are not the most comfortable with its politics, but are very happy to, to sit down and play it and have a good time. Um, and so that's, you know, this is not to like try and defang the project politically or say that it doesn't have a message at all. 
but it's also saying that like to play block by block is not to make a Molotov cocktail. Those two things are, are very different. Uh, and, and if you think they're not, you're sort of committing the video game violence fallacy that we all know is, is not real. Right. Anyone who sits down and plays Risk and is okay with, you know, genocide as you sweep over the exactly. entire planet um, yet would have a problem with this then needs to, you know, maybe take a look at their own gaming habits or something. And, and, and I remember when, when I, the last, when I, how I was going to sum that whole monologue up which was basically just that you know if even if you feel uncomfortable somewhat with the theming of the game to me if anything seeing what happened both with you know with the george floyd uprising or january 6th or even all the other things we could point to around the world in the past few years um the various types of uprisings and upheaval if anything that to me says we should be trying to understand this stuff more. This is actually a really mm. crucial thing to wrap our heads around. And part of Block by Block has always been basically, look, we have this medium of tabletop games. It's actually, it's actually a pretty awesome way to explore these social dynamics and these, these events. It's actually, it's actually a wonderful way without being overly didactic. Right? We, can, we don't have to tell you what to think, but we can set up the system and say, you can play this out and see, how, see the arc of how these things how these events unfold, the kinds of important choices that people have to make. So to me, it's like, yeah, if even if sort of out there in the world, things have gotten a little muddier, it's kind of, it's, it's even more sort of like the stakes are higher. To me, that's almost like, okay, well then even more of a reason that we need to, yeah, we should, we should be trying to find ways to explore and learn and figure out how we all relate to these things and, and what they mean. So. Well, what I love about this project is that it, it portrays a situation that, you know, you can use as the, the the setting, the narrative that you're playing through, just like if you were playing through any other board game with its own setting or narrative, but rarely are uncomfortable situations that are acknowledging real world problems um, used in board games. Um, there certainly are examples, uh, and there are certainly examples of historical board games uh, like Freedom Underground Railroad, which right. really confronts you directly with uh, these really challenging topics and definitely has a position of its own. There's no two-siding an argument when playing Freedom Underground Railroad or anything, <laughs> right? Um, but the game itself, it's not ambivalent, but it's also not having an agenda to like tell you you need to think a certain way it just wants to pose a question and then have you react to it while also playing a damn good game which is what block by block is doing it's a really solid game it's going to be enjoyable by a, a ton of people but it's also going to ask them questions or maybe challenge assumptions or at least let them empathize with certain hypotheticals in a way that they might not otherwise be confronted in their media. One of the things about tabletop games that makes them so special is it directly puts you into a situation um, with a, a level of participation that other media doesn't necessarily do. For that sort of agenda thing, you know, kind of relating to what we were just talking about, TL, what you were describing as, you know, hopefully exploring these things. 
as a, a final takeaway, what would be the ideal outcome? You know, someone sits down and plays block by block with their family or, you know, with their friends or their game group. You know, they're really committed to the game. They really love the game, but they're bringing it to a group of people who, you know, they don't necessarily know their politics. What is your hope that's going to happen after someone plays a game of block by block? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, and, and this is sort of my, my story. I have a lot of family and friends who are a little more conservative than me and might not feel comfortable playing block by block, but, uh, they, you know, this is, I'm not trying to like be that coercive gamer guy who's like, Oh, you just, you got to play this game. But I often bring games to the table and they know that, and they trust me to pick a game that, that people will have a good time with. So I put block by block in front of people who might not pick it off a shelf for themselves. Um, and, and the outcomes have been great. People have a ton of fun. They, you know, they engage in the story. They engage in this, this discourse of liberation and revolution. And, and that's cool. And I don't know how much it's moved the needle for them, you know, inside their own hearts and minds. But, um, I think something that, that we put into uprising that was sort of abstracted in earlier editions, but that, you know, has been in the news, not as much recently, but definitely throughout 2020 and 2021, that we wanted to get into the game was mutual aid. And, and we have this, this system now of mutual aid that's sort of like you take these trade-offs of taking actions that don't do a lot for you now, but that build up a strong system to, to get you resources as the game goes on. And I think mutual aid is a great on-ramp for people who are interested in you know, consensus-based decision-making, left organizing, building dual power in their communities, that it's a, it's a place for people to tap in that's not as directly confrontational as we need to build barricades and push out the police. It can certainly lead there. And, you know, that's sort of part of the unified vision of block by block. But I think my, my takeaway would be if people play block by block and start a mutual aid group in their neighborhood or get involved with existing mutual aid efforts, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great one. I mean, I, I think what just one of the great things about tabletop games is sitting down around the table with other people and having that, even if it's a competitive game, having that sort of cooperative experience. You're all agreeing to play this game together. You're all exploring the system together. And so like all games, but maybe especially with block by block, um, and I should just say here that block by block can be played fully cooperative or semi-cooperatively. Um, but the, most people play it fully co-op. I think Greg and I probably prefer semi-co-op, the semi-co-op mode better, where there's sort of a hidden trader involved, um, which is the vanguardist or the sectarian who's like trying to play to win alone and has to kind of secretly stab the rest of the um, the revolutionaries in the back, I guess. It's like a, it adds <laughs> an element of bluffing and social deduction. Um but still, the majority of people play block by block in a, in a cooperative way. I mean, that, that semi-co-op is sort of an acknowledgement to the complexities and of, of these actual real-world events that they're not, we don't want to paint too rosy a picture of this, right? Um, but still, for most people, the experience of block by block is a cooperative experience with other people, coordinating efforts, uh, standing in solidarity with each other, taking risks together, and hopefully, like, changing stuff together. And so, you know, I always like to say, like, like solidarity is our most powerful weapon. That's it's a it's a it's a lie. It's a chant that comes out of Greece. It's been echoed in all other kinds of movements around the world. But this concept of solidarity of cooperation, these are the kinds of at the end of the day, these are really what block by block is about. There's definitely street fighting. There's conflict, but the game is about cooperative problem solving, organizing with other people. And I think in some ways that's what tabletop games are about. In many ways, is about us all sitting down together and learning how to do stuff together and figuring out 
puzzles and systems together. So that's what I, that's, I mean, I want to get the best, I want people to have the best version of that experience possible. And in a broader sense, this is what I've always hoped block by block would be, is that it's part of um, a movement within games, within tabletop games, that expands the scope of subject matter and, um, yeah, and themes that games can explore and that we can use games to explore. So I hope people who play block by block, people who are interested in game design and stuff, it inspires them to make games. Um, and it inspires, it pushes the whole genre forward. You know, I think we're still in hopefully the early years of, uh, of this sort of medium, this art form, you know, and I hope that block by block is a part of expanding the, the possibilities. Well, it sounds like a hell of a project and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, if nothing else, uh, grabbing some popcorn to see what some of those uh, troll questions are, you know, the, the attacks <laughs> on BGG, uh, seeing what some of the comments are on the project. I mean, that's going to be exciting on its own. But I think that the overwhelming support is going to be in your favor. Uh, this is such a cool project. It asks a lot of questions without directly giving answers. And I think the idea of unity, collaboration, and just revolution for a better world for not just one group, but all groups. Right. And, and you know, the positive uh, progression of society is something that is uh, a really worthy thing to capture in the theme of a board game. And it's a very interesting theme to have in a, a, a world that that is currently dominated by only a handful of different subjects. So, Greg, TL, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Everyone in the audience, be sure to pay attention to GameFound coming up on February 15th, Block by Block Uprising. Thanks again for coming on to the show, guys. Thank, thank you, Jack. Jack.